This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I have been extremely lucky on my journey with this podcast to chat with some really amazing people. And new people come to the podcast every week to listen. And so what we want to do with these lessons is take the little golden nuggets, the really important pieces of each conversation and bring them back to life for you. So hopefully it can change your mind, affect the way you think, or potentially give you a solution to a problem you're facing right now. The hardest thing that I see a lot of business owners having and even people coming into a company and, you know, leading a team is delegation. Um, I was wearing all the hats in the beginning. So bring the clients on, uh, running the campaigns, um, managing the VAs, building the website, finance, HR, everything. I mean, HR wasn't really around then, but naturally had to sort of fit into that position of wearing all those hats. Um, and then I had to teach my business partner how to sort of do all that to then naturally progress a, a lot of work over to him. And yeah, it's just one of those things where you, you know, no matter who you're giving it to, that they're not going to do 100% of the, the job that you're currently doing. They, they might eventually get there, but you just have to sort of rip that bandaid off, let them, you know, make mistakes and, and learn, uh, but build processes around that. So you're not telling someone over and over again, you know, uh, the same instructions, you know, and that's where processes and systems come into place. Our first hire, um, mate, like major hire for, at the time, was I think at the start of 2017, uh, we had a few VAs, Simon and myself, um, and a couple of contractors, first full-time person we hired was actually a rep from Facebook. Um, he's still, he's actually our account director today. Um, I don't know if you've spoken to reps at Facebook, but because we were working across multiple accounts, you, you back then you, 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 get a, you get assigned to a rep at Facebook uh, per ad account. And the ad account, funny enough, that, that we got assigned to for this particular rep was the Cubs, um, Cubs ad account. Um, and I was doing some marketing for Cub at the time uh, to get leads for, for more members. And this particular rep was just, you know, outstanding. He sort of would call me up randomly, you know, see if I needed any help with the campaigns. And I think I just threw it out there. I'm like, he was in New Zealand too. So yeah, I had you I was pitch like a, it. Was, was it a, on the phone? It was, yeah, it was on the phone. I think it was actually on a boat. It was one of the Cub days because Cub throws lots of little social events. I think I was actually on a boat and he called me up and I was like, mate, I'm sort of out at the moment. Um, you don't need to call me, but that's awesome. I go, also, we're looking for, um, you know, a Facebook marketer that can join the business. Do you know anyone that might be interested in your network given that, you know, you're working at Facebook? I think it was a third party at the time that Facebook uh, contracts out to. And he was like, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. And I'm like, no way. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know that we're just starting out. He's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, what I didn't know that that whole um, contracted company that Facebook was using in New Zealand, naturally, I think they ended up um, making redundant. So that, that a lot of jobs were sort of open with, with people that were sort of working for Facebook. Anyway, he ended up joining us and um, given that we already knew his skills, we were just able to have that virtual relationship. Um, and yeah, he, he was absolutely like a, a turning point in the business, having that like skill set outside of myself and then also teaching Simon. The three of us were able to do a fair bit of damage, you know, without having to train people and we still didn't know a lot about running a business. You know, I was great at Facebook and I was naturally a marketer. Um, you know, he was able just to provide that support that we needed to then go, cool, let's build this shit out. 
do you have to replace the product first? Is in delivering the product. Is that the first hire that every startup has to make? I always thought if you have to be there to, to run the business and to, to deliver the service, then it's not a business. It's a high paid consulting job. And, and naturally, because I was consulting a lot, um, I just felt like I had to remove myself from the equation as fast as possible in order for it to become a business. And my face was attached to the brand and still is, but very much so was attached to the brand that they didn't want to speak to anybody else because everyone's like, go speak to Blake. You know, you want Facebook ads, go speak to Blake. So it took a bit of time. Um, you know, I'd get comments back going, oh, look, you know, such and such is doing a poor job. We want you. And I'm like, well, it's just not, I'm not going to step in just because you want to. And, you know, it did take a while to fully remove myself, but yeah, I do feel that um, once, one, uh, and another thing as well, it's not about just hiring talent. I think that the systems and processes build a business and, and the people drive it. And that's a, that was a big learning for us as well. Although, you know, Matthew, our account director, is an absolute wizard, we can't clone him. You know, the more we grow, we need more Matthews. Um, but the systems and operations are able to deliver a, a sort of a approach to scale the business. And, and that's what we spent a lot of time during COVID on building because we ran the business very much just from our own skill set and in our heads until we realized, you know, when we'd bring on an influx of clients, we'd always have cracks form. So having systems, having, you know, operation, having project management systems, CRMs, um, you know, things to automate mundane tasks, um, you know, having virtual assistants, all that stuff is very important um, before you start scaling and bringing on hundreds of clients. Yeah, because it's profitability, right? Like, I think that's one of the realizations even for me is like, you can have amazing people, but it, if you're trying to grow a business beyond a small group of people, inevitably, the more, and you mentioned it before, the more organized you are and the more processes and systems you have in place, once you get to say 12 people or 15 people or 20 people, um, you know, the difference is, is an unorganized group of 20 people might generate 10% profit. That's right. Whereas a really organized group of people can probably push to that 25, 30% mark, which is a great business, yep. especially in the service field that we know, you know? So absolutely. that's a great point and absolutely love that. Yeah. What were some other things in the early days that um, you guys leveraged to, to really grow the business or potential strategies that you used that really made a massive difference in say that jump from, you know, the three of you with some VAs to maybe, you know, the the, the, the 10 kind of people yeah. or person mark? I think a lot of the past experience I had with those several jobs I mentioned, I took a lot from those and took different pieces and elements from all those learnings into building the business, as did my business partner, Simon. He had a very similar background in media buying. So I think leveraging, um, you know, all those skill sets and learnings, um, but also a lot of it, came again going back to that event company that I worked at um, I think the fact that we're able to leverage a lot of the coaching space at the time and, and I naturally was surrounded by that so fortunately a lot of the speakers that we worked with at that event company we naturally ended up bringing on board um, just from referrals and just knowing that you know, I was, I was sort of working at that company now running ads for, for, for clients because I was just running ads for that company, not clients at the time. Um, we, we had a lot, of, a lot of organic referrals coming through um, from, from that and, and sort of built a bit of a niche within the coaching space. Um, and then once you get a few on, you know, naturally, that's because it is a small, 
small sort of industry, um, a lot of a lot of other coaches started to hit us up. Um, outside of that, again, I've already mentioned it, but outside of that, I think one of the the biggest, um, I guess, incubators for for building the brand and, and having a natural flow of clients and and um, yeah, just referrals was, was was having that business club. So being surrounded by a network of other business owners. Um, so I think the mix of myself being able to do a few seminars and actually get up and speak on stage with some of our clients. Um, you know, one of our clients took me over to London. I was speaking on stage. We developed, you know, some products around, you know, Facebook advertising and education, um, being around Cub and having a network to leverage. Um, and then just, yeah, I guess just, um, you know, doing our own marketing, practicing what we preached. We didn't run an ad for the first year in business, but when we started to, you know, then we started to get uh, new clients coming to us. And that's, that was the biggest, that was actually probably the hardest nut to crack was, cool, we can get referrals, we can get, we can leverage our network, we can leverage, you know, Cub as a, as a, as a business club, but like getting someone who doesn't know us into, um, you know, uh, uh, our database and getting getting them on board that was probably the hardest thing to do but once we cracked that that's when we knew we had a brand on our hands because that's the next step right that's where you you know like i think i always feel like the first iteration of business is proving your product yes making sure it's valuable that's and you need to do that in the early days like you don't want to over market your service and if you're selling a horrible product that no one finds valuable or it's not uh you know, you're not doing it at a good level. Yeah. It's not proven. And you only really get that by kind of increasing the flywheel all the time where you, you've always got some leads coming in um, through word of mouth. Mm. But it, I always, you know, I think the next iteration is, is always like, okay, how do we double or triple our volume? Yeah. And that comes from your marketing, um, mm. which is, you know, really interesting that you say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, your family are your biggest supporters, but you can't build a big business on your family. Yeah, and your yeah, friends, exactly, can you? exactly. And nor do you want to sell to your friends. I actually, as much as I like to help all my close friends and family, I don't want a full book of family and friends, naturally. You know, if anything, I sort of like to do it for free, as bad as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, it, but, it's uh, interesting. Like, it's one of those things in the beginning, you have to do it. You have to. Right? Yeah. You have to, because, yeah. that, you know, they will be your first customers. Yeah. Um, and you need to, again, like, you can't prove your product unless you're actually delivering it for customers. Yeah. You can talk about it all you want. Your mate will forgive you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You burn it, yeah. Exactly. And then it's, you know, I, but that's, it's really interesting that you say that, is that that next iteration is always about how do I increase volume? And always that does come down to, you know, your marketing um, activities and, and kind of how do you take that next that next step? What is, what is that next step for you in terms of marketing activities? And Yeah, that's um, right. I think there's an interesting relationship between like founder, like, you know, yourself stepping out mm. your, and your partner having to deliver the product so that you can go do yeah. a lot of those things. You can go sell a little bit more. You can go do events. You can network. You can start to, you know, um, execute some of those activities, which yeah. is always, you know, again, something that you have to do as that next iterative step. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's right. Now we're going to shift. Cool. Marketing. 2023 what's 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 happening far out what a complicated world we live in right now um yeah look i think the biggest shifts that we found over the years um it's definitely like the creative element i think tiktok has definitely influenced a lot about how we consume media online i'm speaking more from a social media perspective at the moment 
Um, but yeah, the, 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 I'm finding that you know the boycott of Facebook is 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 sort of a theme at the moment. Um, but also just people growing up with Facebook. You know, there's probably not a lot of new adopters. The 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 sort of market of Facebook, we're all sort of aging, um, and it's this new generation now on TikTok. Um, and I think the way that we consume media has has literally shifted overnight. Um, you know, back in the day when I when I when I was first running Facebook ads, you could literally jump on the stock library of Facebook and, you know, I'd, I'd be working with Vision PT at the time and um, I would just type in personal trainer lifting weights and get a stock image up and literally just have like, you know, apply today for a free membership or free trial. And that would be it, very simple. And because there wasn't a lot of saturation and competition back then um, on, on, on Facebook ads, you'd able to cut through the clutter pretty quickly. Fast forward to today, there's a lot of, the barrier to entry is is literally it's so easy to create websites it's very easy to build a business you can slap together you know a landing page and call yourself a business buy a domain overnight almost um so there's a lot of um distrust happening right now online there's a lot of scammers a lot of people who you know are claiming lots of outlandish things and you know get 30x in in 30 days sort of thing and it's it's ruining it for a lot of other people so i think there's natural distrust right now in the marketplace online um which then uh, uh, forces us to to get better at marketing um so it's not necessarily a bad thing competition creates quality and improvement in what we do and what we practice um so this whole TikTok revolution fast moving you know, motion graphics and reels is really what's happening right now. And it's, it's, it's making it a little bit harder for an advertiser or brand to, um, to, keep, to keep on top of everything, right? We've got Facebook's ecosystem, we've got TikTok's ecosystem, then we have Google, then we've got programmatic. Like there's a lot out there and a lot to get confused by. I guess it makes our job as an agency a lot more important because people just can't be bothered to keep up with everything. Um, and we have to naturally as an agency. Um, but I think, I think this year, yeah, we're gonna see a lot of um, you know, privacy first. Obviously that's already been rolled out with iOS. Um, you know, the, I know uh, Meta have just launched their verification you know, subscription just like Twitter has. So that'll be interesting to see um, you know, the, the cause and effect of that. Um, and yeah, I think TikTok's gonna be something that yeah, everyone has to watch. Um, it's very much an organic platform still today. I think the advertising part of it's still in its infancy, but that's gonna be a powerhouse. And I think things are naturally gonna move that way for sure.